All right. Welcome in to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, a special edition. The calendar has turned to March, which means that we are really, really close to uh, another national tournament for the ACHA American Collegiate Hockey Association down in Frisco, Texas. Scott Strandy live here in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight in the special edition. I thought it was really important, folks, that we talked uh, ACHA hockey tonight because tomorrow we're going to have a, uh, I think, an historic day. Okay, uh, this is uh, the eve before the official brackets come out, which uh, tells you who is in and who is out in the ACHA National Tournament, which will be played uh, starting March 19th, um, just a couple of weeks away in Frisco, Texas. And uh, a lot of great things are, uh, are happening in the desert southwest. When we started uh, this program, uh, this website, this business, if you will, uh, five years ago, uh, it was a kind of a bittersweet thing because I was excited for hockey and NCAA hockey, but... I also looked at the ACHA programs here in the desert Southwest and I was a little worried because I wasn't quite sure uh, how they were going to evolve. I mean, it's a pay for play type sport, so there has to be a commitment and uh, you know, uh, it, it's just a crazy, a crazy way of, uh, of doing things. But once um, I saw what was happening in Arizona at, at the university there at uh, Arizona state, what the, the goals were at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, um, and Grand Canyon starting up. I, I mean, I could see that, that this was going places. And so I, I made a phone call. I said, it's time to bring on the commissioner of the WCHL, the Western Collegiate Hockey League, Chris Perry. I'm going to have uh, Chris joining us. I'm just going to ask him to tap on the number two call-in button, and uh, we'll get Chris live. We're going to visit with him, talk a little bit about the WCHL, what it's all about. If you're not familiar with it, shame on you. And uh, if you are familiar with it, uh, your support is always appreciated. I know the uh, the club level guys are really, really excited about having uh, uh, a, a place to play hockey, right? That's what it's all about is growing the game of hockey. Here in the desert southwest, that's that's our mission statement at IcetimeHockeySW.com is grow the game in the desert Southwest and, uh, and see where it goes. So this special edition, like I said, we're, uh, we're going to bring on the commissioner, uh, Chris Perry. Chris, are you with I me? I hope I'm with you. Can you tell me, can you hear me? Absolutely. I can, Chris. Thanks a lot for coming on. You and I talked the other night and, and I kind of just begged you at the last minute. So I appreciate you taking some time to come on. We're calling this a special edition because we're on the eve of, of the bracket announcements and, and it's a really exciting time here in the desert southwest. So thanks for coming on. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Okay. As I was jumping into my uh, my little uh, preview, I said uh, it's going to be a historic day, I believe, in the desert southwest tomorrow because it, when I started this uh, five years ago, I looked back and I said, Greg Powers is moving up to NCAA. It's a great time to have a hockey website in the desert southwest. But unfortunately, yeah. that also meant that he had to kind of raid his his uh, national championship program at the ACHA level. And you know Greg very well, and, and you know that, that that hurt him to the core because he loves ACHA hockey with uh, all of his beans. So let's start right there. Tell me a little bit about Greg winning a national championship a few years ago. 
Well, it was uh, it was an exciting time. You know, Greg put together uh, a couple of powerhouse teams. He started off there as the assistant with Jeremy Goltz. And then uh, Goltzy left and uh, Greg took over. And you could just see uh, just a, an absolute dramatic rise in talent, but also a little bit of change in the culture there at ASU because they, they, they um, you know, it, there's a lot of distractions there in Tempe. Um, right. And that hockey team uh, under, under Greg's leadership um, got down to business. And it, was a, it wasn't that they didn't like to have fun. It wasn't that they weren't, didn't like to get distracted every now and then. But they also knew that when they were on the ice for 60 minutes on that 200 by 85, that they were there for a reason. And they were there to, uh, you know, kick butt and take names. And that's basically what they did for, you know, uh, starting with Greg's tenure. Um, uh, in, in until, you know, geez, until they, they, uh, you know, went, uh, to the NCAA route, they made it to the, uh, uh, national tournament, you know, Arizona state for the longest time was kind of a, an afterthought in terms of hockey and, uh, you know, Goltz his first year, I don't know if it was his only year, but, uh, got him to the national tournament, uh, back in Chicago, but then powers took over and. Geez, the next thing you know, they're playing. Uh, I know they played my Oklahoma team at the time over in uh, Delaware, and then the next year, I think they made it to the Final Four, and then the next year, they won it in Chicago. So uh, uh, they just, you know, Greg's got a lot of, as you say, a lot of passion for the ACHA, and uh, obviously a ton of passion for um, Arizona State, and um, uh, it, uh, it 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 was clear and evident that he was a, uh, a star on the rise, not only within the uh, ACHA ranks, but uh, just in, in the hockey ranks in general. It kind of, you know, he'll probably get mad at me for saying this, but it kind of rankled them that when they had the world, you know, they the ACHA uh, rated his Arizona State team basically to uh, uh, stock uh, the World University Games team. I think they took six kids off of his ASU team, but they didn't even give yes, him a did. sniff. Yeah, they didn't give him a sniff in terms of coaching, and that kind of, I know, you know, it offended me on his behalf. I, th I think, I don't want to speak for him, but I think it probably offended him a little bit. And, um, you know, he's good enough to get these kids to come to ASU and to play in the ACHA and to obviously be a number one or number two team in the nation, but it's not, he's not good enough to be one of their coaches. So I think that kind of... Uh, you know, Greg needs a little. Sometimes he needs a little something to uh, use as the edge, that chip on his shoulder. And I, he, I, I think he, you know, let's let's show the ACHA what we're made of. And boy, they did. Okay, so for those that aren't, I, I said this in my preview as well. For those that aren't familiar with the Western Collegiate Hockey League, um, I'm going to let you tell us what it's all about. But first of all, shame on you because it's a great league with great players. You guys call yourself the Conference of. Uh, ACHA D1 or M1 championships, and and, and yep. you're absolutely right. I mean, you guys are are actually one of the best, if not the best, conference in all of uh, ACHA hockey. But tell us a little bit about how it got started, Chris, and and what the focus of it is, and and then I know there's some exciting news coming next year too with the the addition of a couple of teams. Sure, sure. Well, when we uh, when we started, uh, you know, we were all associated loosely very loosely associated with uh, teams out in the West. We all have one thing in common, right? And that's that geography is not our friend. Right. Um, you know, a road trip in Michigan is, you know, Grand Rapids to Kalamazoo. And, you you know, you get to go home the same night and sleep in your bed. But a road trip here in the West is Phoenix to Oklahoma City or, uh, you know, Tucson to Salt Lake, something like that. And it's, uh, 
you know, eight, 10, 12 hours. And it's, that's just the norm. That's the way it was in the uh, ACHA West. And we had um, two great programs in, uh, in Oklahoma at the time, Oklahoma and Central Oklahoma. We had um, uh, a, a great program at Arizona State, and we had a rising program, uh, a program that was coming back from irrelevance down in, in Tucson, um, you know, when the university took over uh, the, 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 what was the Ice Cats and now are the Wildcats. And so uh, we started talking about maybe putting a little conference together. And, but we needed, in order to have an auto bid for uh, for the ACHA Men's National One uh, National Championship at the Division One level, we needed six teams. And we had talked to well, over the years. I had uh, kind of uh, uh, tried to persuade and cajole Colorado and Colorado State to make the move because it it was just a natural uh, fit for us. Those guys were uh, top Division Two programs at the time. And um, so, you know, we Colorado State declared that they were going to make the jump. We talked to Colorado, told them that CSU was making the jump. Colorado joined in, and we formed the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League back in 2013, on the with the notion that since travel wasn't our friend, that we would always have travel partners, and so the teams would only have to make basically two road trips a year within conference. Um, and they would go like when the, uh, Arizona teams would go play Colorado, uh, they would both go at the same time and they would play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, uh, ASU would play Colorado on Thursday and then they would switch partners and play CSU on Friday, Saturday. Um, and then, uh, Arizona would do the opposite. They would play up in Fort Collins on uh, the Thursday and then they would play down in Boulder on the, uh, Friday, Saturday. And then when the teams, when the Colorado teams returned the favor and went to Arizona, they would do the opposite. So if you played Colorado, uh, twice that, that meant you hosted them once. It worked right. out. It worked out well for. Uh, uh, it, it worked out very well because Arizona State ended up winning the national championship our very first year. <laughs> Central Oklahoma right. won the national championship in uh, years uh, two and four, I think it was. Right. So I so I'd say it worked out. We added two teams when uh, Arizona State went dark for a year uh, after starting their NCAA program. We added Arkansas and Missouri State on uh, this side of. I'm in Oklahoma, so I, we added them on to the conference on this side. So we had a total of eight. And then uh, this past year, we had to uh, make a quick adjustment when Arkansas decided that they wanted to. Uh, they they were they didn't want to stay Division One anymore. They were going to focus their efforts on Division Three. So we played this past season with seven teams. U of A is the back-to-back -back, uh, conference champion um, for the uh, for for this season and for the previous season. So that's pretty good to see a nice resurgence in Tucson. And, uh, yeah, next year, as you alluded to, Scott, we're going to add three teams to the conference. Um, and they're going to be out there in your neck of the woods. We're going to add Grand Canyon. We're going to add um, uh, UNLV. And we're going to add the uh, University of Utah. So we'll have a total of 10 teams in the conference. We'll split the conference into two five-team uh, five divisions. And, um, you know, we did that basically for, for two reasons. Number one, um, the UNLV, Utah, Grand Canyon, you know, they were kind of outliers there in the ACHA men's division one as independents. And they, you know, in order to kind of do much of anything um, in the ACHA men's division one ranks, you kind of got to be affiliated with the conference. So right. uh, it was helping them out. But more importantly, Scott, it was helping uh, U of A and ASU because they were just getting killed in terms of a travel budget. Um, you know, geography, 
is just not very kind right now to teams in the desert south southwest and so uh a road trip means hopping on an airplane as opposed to getting on a bus or uh, getting on a bus and going for 12 14 hours at a time as opposed to just <laughs> you know going uh, to the next town over going you know detroit down to dayton or something so uh it's uh, so you know we're we're, we're expanding. We're going to hopefully it will help uh, U of A and it will help ASU in terms of their travel budgets. What they're trading out in terms of uh, uh, budget savings, they're going to you know they're they're losing in terms of strength of schedule because we have Central Oklahoma and Oklahoma and Missouri State on this side that are you know traditionally very very good. In in years past, uh, Colorado and Colorado State have also been pretty good whereas uh utah and grand canyon are you know semi brand new to division one and vegas obviously is up there um but uh you know there so there's a there's a little trade-off but you know hopefully with uh the, we're gonna start doing this uh uh this uh this rotation in 2021 and uh, hopefully you know both sides of the uh conference will 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 get better and we're gonna get away from that three team from playing three games in three weekend format so that'll be good too Oh, that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask. I've got so many things to say, but that that Uh-oh. let's start let's start right there because Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I always talk to the players when I do my interviews, and I always ask them for their opinion on just how difficult that is to juggle school, play three games, uh, three nights. What does your body feel like? Because if you haven't seen ACHA D one hockey, it is extremely physical, probably one of the most physical leagues. Uh, that I've ever been around uh, in the amateur ranks anyway. So uh, that would be a a blessing, I think, for those guys to not have to play three games and three nights. But your thoughts on that, and I know that was something that had to be done, but I'm guessing you like the fact that they won't have to do that as well. Well, you know, it's it's kind of bittersweet, Scott, because – um, I'm, I get it that three games in, in three nights is tough. And I get it that it's, um, you know, nobody likes playing a game on a Thursday night. It's tough for fans to come out. It's tough to put butts in seats, but it's also tough on the players to, you know, leave on a Wednesday or Thursday morning to go play on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I get that. However, I also know that when you go to nationals, you're going to have to play four okay. games in four days, or you're going to have to play four games in five days if you're, you know, blessed to be in the top four. So, um, I've, I'm a firm believer that three games and three nights, um, kind of, uh, it, it, it battle tests you. And so when you're, when it comes time to go to the national tournament, you're ready. There are lots of teams in the upper Midwest and on the East coast that, as you say, um, um, you know, ACHA hockey is physical, but specifically ACHA hockey in the West is physical. There's a lot of, uh, skill teams or not, oh, uh, let me let me back up. There are teams in the East and the Upper Midwest that are skilled. There are also teams in the East and the Upper Midwest that are just also not very good. And so when they play teams from the ACHA Division One West, like U of A and ASU and UNLV, um, they find out that number one, it's a physical game, and number two, it's a very skilled game. And our teams play it. They they have both of those components, and so it can turn out to be a long, long, long weekend of games for some of those teams. <laughs> right. And uh, I'm, sure I'm, I'm convinced that, yeah, and I'm convinced that three games in three days over the course of a season, if, if you do it long enough, 
um, that you know that these kids get battle tested. So when they go to nationals, they're like, "Man, this is cake! Come on, we've been doing this all season long. What are you guys complaining about?" Whereas some of the teams that are used to playing two games and then having a week off, all of a sudden on game three, they're sitting there trying to figure out what the heck is going on, you know, because we've never had to play, you know, on a third day in a row. Holy smokes! Let alone a fourth. <laughs> right. Okay. So it, so- that's why I say it's bittersweet. Okay, fair enough. Um, when when I started this, and I alluded to it briefly in the in the opening, but uh, I looked around and I said, "Hey, NCAA hockey in Phoenix or Tempe, going to be awesome, right?" But I also wanted to focus on the college ranks with uh, with the ACHA level because I thought those kids deserved some attention as well. And uh, I started making phone calls and going around. I met Coach Berman in, at the U of A, and he was just getting started with the program and. And I remember him talking to me about um, how difficult it was to start things up and to get kids because they didn't know about their ice time and they made travels to Phoenix to play. And so this is five years ago, right? And I I meet Danny Roy at at Grand Canyon, and he's trying to figure out if they can even have a program and they're playing in a men's league. And now to see them uh, playing a D1 schedule and the excitement at Grand Canyon. uh, And then I go up to UNLV and I meet Z and, and Anthony and Nick, and they're giving me their vision about what they want to do to, to get a resurgence at UNLV. And I'm going like, yeah, okay, good luck. And all of a sudden, here they are dominating. And then I see uh, the job that Tate Green did this year with his program because he had 128 kids try out for, prog- for the program this fall. And I'm going like, where did you even put 128 kids at Oceanside Ice Arena? So it, it's been really exciting. And when I say historic, you know, I'm looking at three teams uh, in the desert Southwest right now that we can proudly say all had more than 20 wins in Arizona state, Arizona and uh, UNLV. And then we're looking at back-to-back conference championships, uh, champions with the uh, Sun, with the Wildcats. And I know just how proud they are of that trophy because they don't want to let it go. I mean, it's a big thing to them. So, yep. Congratulations to you and the league for, for putting this all together and and uh, raising the level of hockey in the desert southwest. That's my first thing. And and second, tell me your thoughts. Am I off base when I say this has gotten really big really quick? Well, um, no. I think you're I think you're on the mark. The 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 crazy thing, Scott, is you you know we look at this thing from from year to year, but we just finished our our seventh year. If you take a long term look at this thing. Um, you know, it's the, the hockey in the American Southwest is uh, it's a slow rise, but it's it's getting there. And you just look at, um, you know, thanks to the NHL and what they've brought, whether it's uh, the Dallas market or, you know, the L.A. and Anaheim markets or now where you are there in the Phoenix market. Those are becoming just hockey hotbeds deluxe. And so in our seventh uh, season here in the Western Collegiate Hockey League, you know, we've had uh, Powers and his ASU powerhouses. They, those, they won the first two conference championships. And then we had Central Oklahoma win the next three. And now we've had U of A win the next two. And so you can kind of get a sense here that, um, you know, hockey, is, as you say, in the uh, American Southwest is, uh, is, is on the rise and it's getting better. And I think uh, the, the fact that it's, I think, you know, the fact that we do it right, and when I say we, I mean all of the programs, the conference is is, is nice, and I, 
you know, I'm the commissioner, but it's really made up of the of the conference members, and it's it's so easy to have a. Uh, it's it's too easy for me to take credit for for the conference when all the heavy lifting is done by the teams and the coaches. And as you say, you've got Tate Green at ASU, you've got Chad Berman at at, at uh, Arizona, you've got uh, folks like Craig McAllister now, Michael Rivera at Central Oklahoma. You have um, people who have. Um, who run a great program, and when you run a great program, a, a professional program like what Powers, you know, he was the one who instilled that culture there, um, and and Tate has you know glommed onto that and taken it and made it uh, reinstilled it, if you will, back at uh, at, at ASU at the ACHA Division One level, and it's it's real easy for a conference to be uh, sharp and classy and look good when you have member programs who are run by. You know, top-notch folks like that who, you know, they, they adhere to those same standards for their programs. And so it's not like I'm, you know, having a herd of a bunch of cats or anything. I've just got, uh, <laughs> right now, I think I have seven, you know, pretty good little programs. And soon to hopefully be ten, um, you know, next season. Uh, pretty good little programs. And we'll just, you know, quietly come out here and, uh, you know, beat each other up. And uh, if anybody wants to come and uh, play us. We'll beat you up, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let's go to Nationals, and uh, we'll take care of business. That sounds like a definite challenge, and you led me right into uh, the reason I wanted to have you on now is the uh, the National Tournament is quickly approaching, and as I alluded to, history uh, in the desert southwest, I believe, is going to happen tomorrow morning. You, you are privy to the information. I know we're not going to let it out until tomorrow, but when you looked at, at, at the, the way – uh, you get into the national tournament. It's pretty unique in hockey, right? I mean, it's not really one loss records. It's it's all computer based. Is that fair? <laughs> it's it's not only fair. It's it's one hundred percent accurate. It's a hundred percent computer based, and it's uh, it's your win loss record. But it's uh, also um, who did you play and how much did you did you win? Did you lose? And if you won, how much did you beat them by? And if you lost, how much did you lose by? So it really rewards. Um, it rewards teams that play a tough schedule against ranked teams and um, that either beats the ever-loving heck out of them or, you know, you keep games close. You When you lose, you're not getting blown out. So there's a lot of teams, uh, as I alluded to, in the Midwest and in the uh, East that have these, you know, big punchy numbers. They're 20 and 4 or something like that, but they're playing, you know, East Handkerchief State or the Blind Sisters of Nowhere <laughs> as opposed to, you know, Arizona State's taken on, you know, well, heck, they had eight games against U of A. They had three games against Central Oklahoma. They had, what, four games with UNLV this season. They had, um, I know, I thought they had, uh, if I can remember this right, I know, I thought Minot came down or Jamestown came down for a series. Um I know that they play a top-notch, tough schedule, and you know U of A does that. U of A goes on the road, and uh, you know they, they play some. And they, and they invite a lot of people down. I think they had Western Michigan come on down uh, earlier in the season, and so uh, when you play a top schedule and when you beat those teams, the rank, the computer rewards you. Now, if you play a you know a bunch of cupcakes and powder puffs and you beat those teams, the computer says, hey, hooray, you've won, but, you know, you kind of plateau out around the 25-30 spot. Uh, whereas if you're just going up against beasts, like UNLV this year played Stony Brook, you know, right. lost to them, lost to them, but, I mean, still they played them. 
And, um, you know, that, that goes a long way in the eyes of the computer. And so the, the computer rewards them for, uh, for playing them just because it's, it's tough and because Stony Brook plays in a, you know, a semi-tough little conference out east. So um, uh, it, it's, it, it's 100, it is, it's not the poll or the ranking is not coaches based. It's not a popularity contest. It's not uh, who are the big names and, you know, let's, let's keep them in year to year. It basically rewards you if you're playing a great schedule and you're winning and um, you're having a heck of a year, the computer will reward you for that. And if you're, no matter what you did the year before or anything else. And so, uh, I mean, look no further than another team that's in my conference, University of Colorado. Uh, a top 10 team two years ago. They were number 19 last year. This year, they're just kind of having a tough season, and uh, the computer sees it, and they're ranked number 50. So, I mean, it's all, what have you done lately? Uh, what have you I, done I, in this season? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's talk specifically about the national tournament. And, and you tell me or you tell the listeners exactly how that computer ranks teams. There are a couple of auto bids, correct? That's right. And that's right. In the uh, ACHA Men's Division One, right now there are seven conferences. Six of those conferences have um, auto bids, so their conference champion goes to nationals. Uh, f- uh, four of those conferences... Well, let's just start. I mean, uh, one of them only has five teams, so they don't have an auto bid. That's the Central States League, but they don't need it. They have Lindenwood, Illinois, uh, <laughs> Ohio. So those they can win their nation- way there, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 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 going to nationals anyways, so they don't really need an auto bid. Um, but you have four other conferences: the Western Collegiate League, the Eastern States Collegiate League, the Great Lakes League, and ECHA, the East Coast Hockey Association. I think that's what it's called. Those four conferences award their auto bid to the regular season champion. So when U of A clinched our uh, conference championship this year, they also clinched our auto bid to nationals. Um, now there are two other conferences out there: uh, a team in uh, a conference in New York and a team a conference out of Pittsburgh. They award their auto bid to their playoff champion, and so it could be a team that's ranked in the top twenty. It could be a team that's uh, ranked in the top forty. Um, but they, if they're in the top 20, then really the auto bid isn't needed. But if they're past the top 20 and they win that auto bid, then they, what that means, Scott, is that they bump, uh, the two low, uh, they bump a team out. And so in this, for this particular, uh, uh, I'm not speaking out of school here or anything, but there are two auto bids this year. They're the, uh, the CHMA, that, uh, Pittsburgh conference, the IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, won that playoff. They're ranked number 37, so they're going to bump a team. And then uh, the NECHL out of upstate New York, uh, the University of Niagara, or Niagara University, won it. And they're ranked number 40, so they're going to bump a team. So basically, the top 18 teams are going to make it. Uh, the top 18 teams, according to the computer, are going to make it. And then we're going to fill in 19 and 20 with these two teams that uh, won their playoff and secured the auto bid. Okay, and once again, if you're not familiar with the national tournament this year, like last year, it's going back to Frisco, Texas. I know everybody loved the trip to Frisco, Texas. Not to say that they didn't love going to Ohio as well, but uh, it's a little bit warmer in Texas in March. And uh, the job that the Dallas Stars do and and Frisco, Texas in itself and Co-America Arena and all that, I mean, could you ask for a better site? 
Well, hey, you're talking to a guy who's two and a half hours away up in Oklahoma City, so of, of course, the only other site that I would like is in my backyard, right? But uh, I don't, I don't know that the guys would like coming over to my house and playing in the backyard. It's it's right. a glorious, it's a glorious arena. Uh, Texas, uh, the the Dallas Stars do a good job, but and and I'm not trying to diminish anything they say, but there's a a a a group, a dedicated group of folks in the ACHA that have worked and continue to work year round to make this event the crown jewel of the season because, I mean, that's what we all play for. And uh, so, yeah, the stars in the city of Frisco, Texas, I'm telling you what, Scott, the city of Frisco, Texas is incredible to work with. And um, Josh Dill down there at the uh, uh, Frisco CVB, he is, he, he's just, he's the man. He is absolutely the man. Uh, the stars are, are great. Don't get me wrong. They're wonderful to work with. Um, and the uh, f- good folks that run the Comerica Center and the, and the Children's Health Star Centers, both in Plano and in McKinney, where the Division Two, Division Three, and where the Women's Two uh, folks, where they'll play their games, um, those guys are great, too. The Comerica Center is a gorgeous arena. It seats 6,000, so it's a little bit big for our, for our purposes. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we cut the seating in half. There are skyboxes. There's enough uh, uh, seating so everybody can uh, uh, get behind your team. There's great sight lines. Uh, we have TVs, uh, TV cameras all over the dang place. So we're using the big screens. It has three big screens. So, I mean, it's, you know, Scott, I think short of, uh, uh, you know, there's it's a unique experience to play at that uh, arena, at City National Arena where Vegas plays. It's a unique experience to play at the TCC where U of A plays. Um, if you can combine those two together, I think that's what you have in Frisco, Texas. It's pretty slick, and it's everyone that walks in there and everyone that sees it goes, man, this is this is awesome. So it's a great place to hold nationals, I think. All right, so uh, we'll kind of wrap things up here, Chris, by by talking a little bit about you already mentioned the number of games you have to play in the number of days, but uh, lay it out for us. It starts on the nineteenth, correct? And and how does it work for for games? Because I know UNLV went there last year, played a game in the like ten in the morning, uh, won that game, and then lost their second game, unfortunately. But it, it's kind of a, a unique setup because you got to get all these teams in and get their games played in a in a short period of time, right? That's right. That's right. We start on Thursday. We have four games every day. Um, there's a 20 team. Uh, it's 20 teams that make it. So teams 13 through 20 will start us off on Thursday and team 13 will play team 20 at 10 in the morning. And we go every three hours until uh, we're walking out of the arena at like 1130 at night. And then we do it all over again the next day. So 13 through 20 will play on Thursday. Those winners will take on uh, one through four the next day on Friday. The winners from the Friday games will have Saturday off because on Saturday we'll have teams 5 through 12 play one another. And so basically then on Sunday we'll have the Saturday winners play the Friday winners. That moves you on to the semifinals on Monday night, and Tuesday night we crown a champion. Sounds uh, sounds relatively easy to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is. I, I, you know, we've, been, we've been doing this a while now, so for those of us that have been uh, associated with it, yeah, it's relatively easy. It's it's kind of difficult to get your head wrapped around if you're only in the ACHA for four or five years though playing, you know. So, uh, of course, yeah, I, I te- just in that because it, my head spins just looking at that. Uh, I'm hoping yeah. to be there this year because, like I said, it's history for us. 
that will be announced tomorrow. I know we can't sneak that out yet as much as I'd like to, but I know there's a lot of people jumping in, listening to us as we go. So at 10 o'clock tomorrow, central time, or what time does it come out tomorrow, the brackets? 12 o'clock Eastern, um, 11 o'clock Central. So I think that's what, 10 Mountain and 10 Mountain. Pacific. So um, I'll tell you, how about this? So, uh, without saying uh, team names or anything, um, folks uh, from the desert Southwest will want to be in Frisco, Texas on Thursday, March 19th for a game at 5 o'clock because two teams are going to face off against one another on that day, Thursday, March 19th. And then... On Saturday, let me get to it here because I'm looking at the bracket. Oh, hey, look at this. Saturday, prime time, 8.30 at night is when the uh, another team from the Desert Southwest will be playing. So uh, Thursday, there'll be a – how about this? There'll be, a, there'll be a, a Desert Southwest team playing Thursday at 5. There'll be a Desert Southwest team playing Friday at 5. And then there'll be a Desert Southwest team playing Saturday at 8.30. Goodness gracious. We couldn't have asked for anything more. Chris, thanks so much for coming on with us. I know I, I pronged you away because uh, you have a life as well, but uh, I appreciate it because you gave us some great insight. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person in uh, Frisco, Texas, and, and let's hope that this uh, WCHL thing just continues to grow and get better and better uh, each and every season. Let's hope so. I appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to seeing you down there in Frisco. It's going to be a great time. All right, that's Chris Perry with the uh, commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. And uh, if you're not following his podcast, you need to because you guys do a wonderful job. And uh, if we could all do it that good, we'd all be very happy. Uh, Listen to you buttering my biscuit. I love it. Come on, quit it. (laughs) It's the WCHL podcast. You can find it on iTunes, but it doesn't beat this one. So uh, we we only have 11 listeners, Scott. You have many more. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. There's a ton of people joined in, so... All well, right. that's you because guys they take heard care. the guests, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all my family. All right. Take care, Scott. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us, Chris. We'll see you in Frisco. Yep. Take care. All right. That was Chris Perry joining us uh, from Oklahoma on a, uh, a eve of the bracket for the ACHA Men's D1 Tournament. Uh, we're excited because we know there's going to be history made in the desert southwest. Chris alluded to a couple of things that were were happening. Um, you heard it, folks. Uh, tune in tomorrow at 10 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Find out where your favorite team is headed and who they will be playing. I can assure you it will be a lot of fun. This has been a special edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Make sure you join tomorrow night at 7.30 Mountain Standard Time when we'll have our regular episode with my co-host, Stephen Marsh, from up in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll have plenty to talk about. We'll have all the brackets. We'll have all the teams. We'll have all the pairings. We'll have everything for you. Thanks for tuning in to the special edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We'll talk to you tomorrow.